0: Hey everybody, we're teaming up with the best membership in Denver again. For those who don't know about In We Go yet, listen up. In We Go is for social people looking for concerts, sports events, festivals, comedy shows, wine tastings, brew fests, and more. With In We Go, you can head to tons of Rockies games and get tickets to the best events in Denver. Download the app and experience with just one tap... How easy it is to start heading to your favorite events in Denver. And did I mention Rockies games? Use code BSN15 to save 15 bucks off your first month with In We Go. Start heading to games, concerts, and tastings for as low as 10 bucks on your first month. Hurry though, guys! This offer ends on May 31st. <laughs>
1: It... Some breaking news here has come across my desk, Zach, and I need everyone's attention. The Broncos are back. They are back, baby. Ah, here we are once again. The Broncos are back once again, as they seemingly always are, but today, a full practice viewable by Zach and I. That is a beautiful thing. Oh,
2: man, I cannot wait to see uninterrupted football and Joe Flacco... Then Drew Locke. See what Bryce Callahan looks like. He's going to be back on the field. See what Kareem Jackson at safety looks like. Get to see all these pieces for the first time on the field for an entire practice.
1: It's really nice. It is really nice. And uh, it comes at a perfect time. Um, I'll put my pettiness aside and just say to all the Broncos fans who are also Blazers fans, congrats. Good for you. CJ McCollum was unstoppable. The end. Uh, the Nuggets choked, honestly. Um. But this comes at a nice time for me because I'm, I'm full steam ahead. The Broncos are my only focus. Uh, and I appreciate you, Zach, for allowing me to play hooky yesterday and go to, the, uh, go to the Nuggets game instead of being here. I couldn't have you miss that. It was a great atmosphere until it started slipping and then everyone just kind of had this pit in their stomach. Uh, but now we are here. The Broncos are literally back. Um, Joe Flacco and Drew Locke on the same field. Noah Fant with the first team, probably, in my opinion. Um, Cortland Sutton out there, you know, showing us what he's done in the offseason to get better. All sorts of stuff to keep an eye out on. And again, we get to watch the full practice. So it's an exciting day for us today. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, Zach, why don't you just tell us a little bit about uh, yesterday and I'll kind of chime in with some things I saw on Saturday since we haven't talked to people since before that practice.
2: Ryan, taking a step back and just looking at all of rookie minicamp, my biggest takeaway is you, the listener, you, Ryan, me, everyone out there can be confident at the initial impression that this is another promising rookie class. Everything that we saw this weekend leads me to believe that. I didn't see All these guys look great on Friday, like we reported on Saturday morning, and then just saw a huge drop-off on Saturday and Sunday. Now, saying this, I understand they're going against air, and I think it's important that you guys realize that as well um, in the portions that we were able to watch. And there's still going to be a rookie learning curve. But last year, John hit on the draft with, with many players, and it seems like he's done it again. Specifically... The first three guys, and really the, the guys that are going to help this year, let's just put Drew Locke uh, aside. If Noah Fant turns into the player that it looks like he can be, and that is just an absolute dominant receiving threat, that's huge to hit on your first-round pick this year. If, and then Dalton is, I, Ryan, right now I think he's the best offensive lineman on your team. If he turns into that and continues to play like that, man, that's huge right there. Then really this year? anything else, from Drew Locke uh, to Justin Hollins to Draymond It's just a cherry on top. And right now, the initial impression looks great.
1: It does look great. And as always, I'm going to want to focus on Drew Locke. And mm-hmm. I want to turn back a little bit to a quote from Rich Scangarello on Saturday. Because we already know that Drew Locke is a master of saying the right things. And so... Maybe we have to be a little bit careful. I also think he, he's going to do all the right things as well, but just not to be fooled because he's just, he just knows exactly what to say every time. Uh, but he came out on Friday after the practice and said, I struggled with the play calls. That was the one thing that tripped me up. Uh, it's a mouthful. Going up there and rattling off 14 words in a row and telling everyone what to do is not easy. and It's not something that he hadn't done, uh, at least a lot, until Friday. Well, he told us he's gonna go into his hotel room, look himself in the mirror, rattle off play calls for three and a half hours. Do I think he did it for three and a half hours? Probably not. <laughs> no one, no one can do that. Um, but I've, he worked. He went on. He went in, and I can only presume he worked on it because when Rich Gangarello came out the next day, he said, "Yeah, you know, this is one of the hard, He said one of the hardest things to do in the world. Which again, just feel like we should make it easier. But <laughs> I I digress, I digress on that part." Uh, he said, it's one of the hardest things to do in the world. And it's the thing, it's one of the things that all of the greats can do. And he said, and I said, well, did he improve from Friday to Saturday? And he said, yes, he still has a long way to go, but he probably realized yesterday that if he wants to be great, he needs to be great at that. And he was up to the challenge. And that's such good news.
2: Ryan, we just had a conversation with Jim Sakamano, the Broncos legend here. And he said,
1: by the way, if you don't know who that was, he was, he is, uh, Essentially the head of PR before Patrick Smythe, who did it now for a long, long time. I mean, he is the Denver Broncos. Anything
2: that happened here, he knows about it and can tell you a fantastic story.
1: Our game stories, everything we do from the game, are done from the Jim Sacamano press box. <laughs> exactly. So that's, uh, that's all you need to know. And
2: one of the things that, that he said was, you can always write about the quarterbacks. The storyline is always the quarterbacks. So I, I, I tried to do the heavy lifting around here, you know, talking about Dalton Reisner, Noah Fant. But come on. Yeah. Drew Lock, and, that, and that's what our eyes are going to be on today. But with what Rich Gangarello said, he built on that, and he said he said five or six different things when asked directly about Drew, when not not asked directly about Drew, and what they all tied together uh, about Drew was, he's got it up here, Ryan. He's got it in the head he directly said it he said he has the mind for it and then he just said some other things about you know he's doing the extra work he's studying he's doing this he's learning like like you showed that's so different than than uh not every quarterback that's been through this door but that the one the, the one that people want to point to and say he had all the physical traits and that's paxton lynch that should be the last time that we mention those two in
1: the same sentence it won't be it should be. It's such an easy compa- It's so easy to just to just build up Drew Locke while pushing down Paxton Lynch, though.
2: And that's... But that, but that's why any comparisons should just be put to the side. Drew Locke's already got it. We never heard any of that. We never pushed that fluff about Paxton on you guys because we didn't hear it,
1: we didn't see it, nothing like that. But Drew Locke's got it in the head. Yeah, no one ever says, like, Paxton is locked in in between the ears. Ex- exactly. No one no. ever said that. No.
2: And so... We we knew Drew Locke had the physical skills. We saw it uh, in January at the Senior Bowl. We saw it at the Combine. We saw it at his uh, senior or er, his pro, pro day, day. Uh, and we knew he had that. You and I also knew that he had a lot of the traits, mental traits, and that's why I felt comfortable him being my number one quarterback is because I thought he had that confirmed this weekend. And what is that, 90% of the game right there, mental, and he has the other 10%? So it's only can be trending up. You can only be optimistic.
1: One other great thing from this weekend, no injuries. Uh, the Broncos made it through without anyone getting hurt, which is really item number one, uh, for any rookie minicamp. And as we head into today's, uh, mini, uh, OTA, I'll touch wood here. Um, but that's another huge thing. And I love that they were able to get the work on the field. And again, we, you probably shouldn't compare Vic Fangio to Vance Joseph every time something happens, but it's easy. Um, Vance Joseph didn't want to practice during this because he didn't want anyone to get hurt, which makes perfect sense. And a lot of teams do that. A lot of teams do do that. But if you make it through and you got that work and no one got hurt, you won. Because Vic Fangio made such a great point. He said, we cannot have guys going out there on Monday, not knowing how an NFL practice is run. Those guys don't practice without pads in college without pads just with their helmets we can't have guys going out there not knowing what's going on and it's not and I love this point he said it's not fair to them it's also not fair to the vets and that made so much sense to me so again you can't you can't compare everything to Vic from Vic Fangio to Vance Joseph and it's very easy right now to say what Vic Fangio is doing is better than what Vance Joseph was doing all that is to be seen but I do love that they got through this all of those guys are not going to be swimming and their heads on a, you know, uh, just spinning around like a top today uh, because now they know how it's done. They know how to transition from one drill to the next. As simple as that is, it's nice for them to know instead of just to be looking around at a veteran trying to follow them around all day.
2: Also, are you going to get into football shape from Friday to Monday? No. So if, if something was going to happen, it's going to happen on Friday. It's going to happen on Monday, most likely. Uh, the Broncos made it through the first three days, and that's good. Also, Ryan, with that, because so many teams do the orientation and not the mini camp, whereas they don't get on the field, Uh, the Broncos got to bring in a lot more tryout players. They brought in 20 tryout players because other teams weren't bringing in tryout players because you don't bring tryout players in if you're just doing an orientation. What are you going to learn about a guy, how he sits in a meeting room? And the Broncos capitalized on that. Ryan, they signed three tryout players this morning. Wide receiver Jonathan Howard, uh, who... We're calling him a wide receiver now? He's got to be. He's 210 pounds. Uh, He's the one that was wearing DT's 88, working with the tight ends. We'll see exactly what they have in store for him. Offensive lineman Nathan Jacobson and defensive lineman uh, Dayon Sizer. They also re-signed Deshaun Williams. That has nothing to do with this weekend. Uh, and they, they cut, I'll just name those, those guys, tight end Merrick Hemingway. Uh, defensive lineman Kashad Leones. Lions. Lions. No, it's Leones. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last time I'm going to have to say that, thankfully. And offensive line Brian Wallace and defensive lineman Jalen Johnson. So maybe one of those guys makes the practice squad. That would be a win from this weekend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And congrats to those guys because uh I've actually had a friend who got the one of those mini camp tryouts and it's rough. I mean, you kind of go in there with just a prayer and you you know, you're checking in with your family after every day saying, "I think I did okay, but I don't really know." And I got yelled at and and this and that, uh, but I'm sure to get that call that in 3 days you earned your keep and got a spot and now you're They went from having 3 days to prove it. Now they got a whole month, next, you know, next month or a couple months from now, to, to really show what they can do. Uh, and it's just like that you just bought yourself more time on your dream. So congrats to them.
2: 100% right. And, Ryan, tomorrow is going to be a lit podcast talking about everything that happened on the field today. One thing we won't be talking about or we won't see today is Chris Harris Jr. He will not report to the start of OTAs. Not a surprise to you and I, but it became official this weekend. And there's been a little development in what's gone on there. John Elway has spoken with Chris Harris Jr.'s agent. Apparently, uh, Fred Lyles, Chris's agent, has said, uh, ha- has reiterated the last time they spoke that Chris wants $15 million or more per season and that that he maintains that that's his request uh John OA is expected to make a counter offer this weekend uh in terms of uh, a a contract that he wants Chris to have not expected to be 15 million dollars per year no one really knows what that number is what would you what would your offer be
1: if you're John your first initial offering
2: I was thinking about the three for 27 that we've talked about if you do that that may be the end of negotiations. That may be mm. that may be a slap in the face, but you also want to leave yourself some wiggle room. Mm-hmm. What's not a slap in the face, though, not a huge slap in the face, not enough to, and not a punch in the face, I, I should say, is eleven point one million dollars per year. Make him just the highest paid cornerback on the team, give him uh, what would end up being the biggest contract for a 30-plus-year-old cornerback in the league. Uh, I guess if he signs it now, it technically wouldn't be since he's 29 years old. But that wouldn't be a slap in the face. I don't think that would end negotiations. I, I'm just afraid that $9 million, Chris would say, nope, I'm out of here. Also, really quick in, in that, uh, it came out in the report from Mike that said the Broncos will not be
1: trading Chris. So... What would your offer be? So there's two options here, in my opinion, for John Elway. And you just kind of covered one of them, which is throw out a low ball. Um, everyone knows that the initial offer is going to be too high from one side, too low from the other. So if Chris gets his feelings hurt on that, it's weak in my opinion. Um, but so, so to me, it's nine. That is the starting point. There's one other option here, and I wouldn't be surprised if John Elway exercised it. You throw down a number and say, this is it. This is the only offer we are giving you. Take it or leave it. And that could be 11.1. If you offer 11.1, you say, here you go. That's our offer. Don't call me back unless you're saying yes or no.
2: Hmm. And realistically, maybe it's 11 and a half, but that makes sense. And that, that I, I could see John Elway doing that. That would be a very John Elway move. Look, Chris, I'm not, I'm not going back and forth. I'm going to show you the respect that you're, you're, I value you more than anyone on the defense except for Von Miller. And uh, here's all this guaranteed money, but don't mess with me again.
1: And here's some uh, elevators. We'll, we'll incentivize it, too. You can get to 15. You've got to be an all-pro. Mm-hmm. We've got to make the playoffs. This and that, this and that, and, and you'll make your 15 million. But this is the offer. Take it or leave it, do not call me back with a counter. I'll tell you no before you even get it out of your mouth. Is there any reason
2: for John's counter this week to be more than eleven and a half what regardless of
1: which side he takes? No, no again, eleven and a half to me is being generous because John Elway holds all the leverage power other than Chris saying he's not going to play, and if he's if he's going to do that. The Broncos can play that game right back with him, franchise tag him next year. So, there's, it's a bad place for him to be in. If he was on the franchise tag right now and said, I'm not going to play, well, then the Broncos are in more of a precarious position. Mm-hmm. But he still has a whole year on his contract, and then the Broncos could franchise tag him after that. So, to me, if John Elway wants, he can honestly say 9-9. Nine, nine. 3-for-27, final offer. Don't mm-hmm. call me back unless it's yes or no. He mm-hmm. really has the power to do he that. Could. Um, it's it's more risky in that situation because I do think you could put Chris in like a I'm demanding a trade situation. I don't want to hear any other offers. Trade me or else. Yeah. Um. But but John could do that. He really could. And so to me, if you call him and say 11-and-a-half final offer, Chris should take that one. And two... John is basically saying, like, here's I'm, – I'm doing this for you because you're a legend. Exactly.
2: And uh, you, you wonder if Chris is going to take that into consideration, that he still does have one year left on his contract, and that hurts his negotiating power. How Can – also at 30 years old, can he really get to 15-plus? And who is it uh, with the Dolphins that signed their contract on Friday? The cornerback with the oh, Dolphins, Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard. Chris is pointing to that and saying, look, this guy's got one Pro Bowl. I've had four Pro Bowls, should have like seven Pro Bowls. Pay me, and John's going to say, yeah, next time you step on that field in a game, you're going to be 30 years old. Xavier Howard is 25 years old. So it, that, that's where people are pointing to that and saying, oh, Chris deserves so much
1: more. There's different circumstances, and you, you better bet John's going to point out those differences. Chris already got that contract. He got the contract when he was twenty-five. He took a hometown discount. He can regret that. I, however, he feels about that, I don't know. But that con—this is not; those two things are not comparable. That is his prime. Xavier Howard is going into his prime now. Chris Harris Jr. could have prime years left in him, but it's very different. It's apples to oranges. Those two things aren't comparable.
2: What this—this this is the hardest thing for fans, especially ones that love Chris Harris. What you need to realize is a good general manager, pays for what you're going to be. Because he's paying you in the future, right? I mean, he's not paying for you for years past, and that's what you can't do. You can't pay for years past, and you can't pay for a good story to stay on your team. You you can't do that. You will be a losing franchise. Just point to them all the time. Look at the Patriots. They do this to the extent of they say, we know you have one good year left, but bye-bye, see ya. They're they're not really, really ever – paying a guy for what he's done
1: what did you think and this will be my last question on this topic what did you think of ed donatel just slipping in some optimism i
2: think it's going to unfold in a good way sooner rather than later that's what ed said um i was told by someone that ed may be a little misinformed
1: wow i don't think he would uh, i don't know I don't think he would have just let that slip out of nowhere. Mm. I think he's, he's the defensive coordinator, so I think he's had conversations with, uh, with Coach Fangio, maybe with John as well, saying, hey, should I be planning my defense with or without Chris you Jr.? Just kind of give me an idea here. Right. And what, what, what if John just said, yeah, he's
2: under contract. Of course you should. That's weak from John. <laughs> this is, he's not talking to a reporter. But that's, what, that's probably how John feels about this is, look, buddy, I understand if you want to miss OTAs, but when the season comes around, you're under contract.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess what, that could be what, what, what they told him, and that could be part of what he's saying. That situation is going to unfold in a good way, which means Chris Harris Jr. will be in his defense. He doesn't care how or when or why. Or maybe what John's told everyone on the staff is, look,
2: I've been talking to Chris's agent. They, they gave me a, a contract. I'm going to give him a counter, counter offer this week, and it's a final deal. And maybe that's why he thinks says, because John's told everyone, you know, uh, I'm going to give them one offer this week. And maybe Ed's saying, okay, he's going to accept it and he'll be back next week.
1: And honestly, that would be good for the Broncos to know sooner than later. Throw out an offer, say this is our final offer, take it or leave it, and put put an ultimatum on it for all I care. Say this offer is good until Monday, May 20th. Let me know. Otherwise, you're playing on the final year Otherwise, deal. we're not giving you another offer.
2: Mm-hmm. Could you be mad at, at them for doing that?
1: No, I think it's the smartest thing to do. Because you know what? If Chris Harris Jr. wants to come back and say, I demand to be traded, then at least you know. Then at least you have all of OTAs and, and veteran minicamp and all that stuff to plan for life without Chris Harris Jr. Exactly. Because if it drags on until the middle of training camp, and then some reason they split apart at the last minute, and you were all this time like Donatel told us, essentially he's counting on Chris Harris Jr. to be here, and all of a sudden you're forced to trade him, that could change things. I always talk about it's more painful when you counted on it than if you knew it wasn't there at all. It's exactly right. All right, Zach, uh, let's take a break here, and when we come back, we got plenty of questions from over the weekend to get to
2: the greg mastriona golf courses at highland hills offer something for everyone with a
0: championship 18 hole golf course the regulation nine hole blue course and two par
2: threes golfers of all skill levels will find exactly what they're looking for
0: there's a lot of opportunities for families to enjoy the game of golf together here as we do have multiple courses all different skill levels so it's a great place to teach and develop really a good way for families to, you know, grow their skills and enjoy the game together.
2: That was Alan Brown. He's the director of golf over at Highland Hills. If you're busy at work all day, don't worry. At Highland Hills, it's never too late to start a round of golf.
0: Highland Hills has a fantastic pay-for-what-you-play program. It is designed for the player to play after 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the evening, and you check in. You play as many holes as you can until dark, and then you come to the pro shop, and we give you a rain check for any holes you don't finish. We also do a really fun event, glow golf, on our par 3 golf course, one time a month, $25, no cart, but we give you glow balls. It's a fantastic way to have some fun with friends and get out and, and enjoy the nighttime and the summertime here in Colorado.
2: To learn more and book a tea time, head over to
1: golfhighlandhills.com today or call them at 303-428-6526. To the BSN Broncos podcast presented by all RK and Zach here on a Monday in the Mile High City and the Broncos are back. It is the first day of OTAs, which confuses everyone because everyone thinks OTA starts when the players were... Working out, no one really knows what's happening, but this is OTAs
2: exactly. And what that means, Ryan, is real football practice without pads. It's it's the closest thing we get this off season.
1: All right, so let's hop into the questions here. I'm sure there will be plenty of questions coming out from tomorrow, and of course, we'll have an observations piece coming out today. Um, we had three over the weekend, all by Zach, all very good. Just. As much as we could give you from 30 minutes, much more detail coming today, uh, and this will be an exciting one. But let's start here with the questions. And the first one's from Aquaman. He says, which undrafted free agent do you think has the best chance to be Denver's typical UDFA superstar?
2: Follow the money, Ryan. And to me, cornerback Elijah Holder fits that bill. He was the highest paid, or he had the biggest signing bonus um, with the team at $18,000. That is hell. That is half deep. Was Phil at 15 last year? Mm-hmm. So three guys were at 15 last year. They topped that with Elijah. So not just because of that, but you look at the cornerback situation. Let's say Chris comes back and everything is jolly. You still have a hole there that, that you can fill when you're looking for five, six guys there. So that's a guy. And then let's say the stuff with Chris gets a little messy. Then, I mean, you can just lock in Elijah Holder.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Um, he could be a place holder. Ah. For Chris Harris Jr. <laughs> I was trying to think of some sort of like biblical reference there with Elijah, but I'm not nearly uh, educated enough for a reference of that sort. <laughs> for me, the guy is Malik Reed, who I believe was just behind Elijah in terms of the signing bonus. Yep. But I'm not even that concerned with that as I am with the opportunity that's available. Look, it's Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, end list. Um, Jeff Holland still has a lot to prove in this league. Although somehow he hangs out with Quavo like every weekend. <laughs> I don't know how they're boys already, but he's like living the famous life. I don't if you don't know who Quavo is, Google it. Um I'll be needing to do that. Are you sure? Really really? <laughs> yep. He is in Migos. Oh Do you of know who they are?
2: Um not until what was it, Akeem made the reference on Twitter last year? <laughs> yes. I had no I had
1: no idea what he was talking about. Oh man. <laughs> Anyways, somehow Jeff Holland hangs out with like the main guy. <laughs> In, in that group every weekend, um, but anyways, he has a lot to prove in this league. Dakota Watson is gonna make the team, but it's it, it's not gonna be. He has no guarantees to be the third guy. He could be the fourth guy, special teams, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of room, and Malik Reed, if he is the guy that I think he is, could honestly become the number three outside backer on this team. Now, Justin Hollins is this interesting piece that I don't even know. I don't even know how we're gonna do this with him. But I think the Broncos end up saving a roster spot because of him. So maybe they only keep three outside guys. Maybe they only keep three inside guys. Um, and he just is kind of a rover there that works for both and it makes them feel good. But Malik Reed, a massive opportunity for him to really excel and take this thing by the horns. He would have been my number two. So... I
2: agree. Next one coming in from Brian. He says, did Xavier Howard signing or signing that massive $46 million guaranteed contract affect our chances of signing Chris Harris Jr. Also, I'm in agreement. No more blood talk. We're starting to sound like vampires, AKA the new England Patriots. So I actually saw a number that it was 51 million guaranteed, or maybe it's 51 over the first three years. <sighs> it, that's 17 million a year. Or in this case, you know, it's over 15 million a year. It is Chris
1: can't be chasing that if he is if, i don't know what to tell him because he's not getting it he's not getting it here and he and here is the only place where he can get contracts yep so he can't be chasing that i don't think it has any effect um i think his agent and chris can pretend like it does as like a, a first step in the negotiation process and john i was just gonna say come on don't don't bs me you can't bs a bs or yeah <laughs> Uh, next one here is from Adjithans. He says, not trying to piss in everyone's Cheerios here, <laughs> but here's some chatter to help pass the off-season grind. And this is – he has a dark look on it. Mm-hmm. I don't – I disagree with many of his points, but I'll, I'll go through his dark look on here. He's saying, how are we compared to last season? And he's going through each category here. Coaching. He says, better, but new system and inexperienced on offense may take a year or so to push for this season. That is the – you can have that take. That's it's very a, realistic. It's not view. a bad take, yep. but it is the um, devil's advocate darker look on things. Sure. So it's going to take a year for everything to get in place, which mm-hmm. is it's okay to have that take. Um, he says, backfield is a push. Can't wait to see 30 again. Can't disagree with that. Here's where I disagree the most. He says, QB is a push. Joe Flacco is past his prime. Don't play. Not good enough here. Hope I'm wrong, but I'm not. You You can actually agree with all of the things he said except for the push part i under no circumstances do i agree with joe flacco and case keenum being a push
2: no and if you just look since 2014 when joe flacco hasn't been as good as he was in 2014 he's still been better than what case keenum was last
1: marginally year. but again case keenum's everyone wants to compare joe flacco and case keenum's stats Uh, and what they do when they do that is bring in that one year for case Keenum, which was a fluke. We know for a fact now that that was a fluke. Uh, we, we had hoped it wasn't, we know it was now. So if you take out that year from case Keenum, which I'm not a big fan on taking away someone's greatest accomplishments, but just for this sake of this exercise, if you take away that he's much below Joe Flacco in all those areas. So I strongly, strongly disagree with that being a push. Um, I strongly agree with him saying it's not good enough in Denver. We already know. Nothing's good enough in Denver. No, exactly right.
2: Tight ends. He says, young but better. We got Fant. Hopefully Butt stays healthy. Yeah. Can't disagree with that. Should be significantly better in terms of a receiving threat. Wide receivers worse. Emmanuel Sanders only w- or one year older. Injury recovery. Lost DT. Sutton and youngsters will still need development plus
1: the new system. Uh, a lot of things about this are right i guess it just comes down to sutton uh really in my mind can sutton be more productive this year zach than demarius thomas was last year yes i think so too can be and so not as certain though it's not certain um so i'd say right now we are at a wait and see you can say you can get away with saying worse though here i'm not going to challenge you but one thing i would keep in mind is dt last year was not dt yeah he was a step back. So can Sutton be as productive as he was last year? Maybe. Right. Goes on. Offensive line, better. Improvements made. May take time, though. Defensive line, and I agree. Defensive line, worse. Older, will miss Paco. Might be a push if Jones can com- contribute immediately.
2: You can make the argument for
1: a push. Yeah, just co- I, I want to know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing yet. So I can't uh, really make the- make an argument one way or the other here. I think they will miss Pecco. He was a, a stalwart in there. Uh, outside linebacker, he says they're worse. Lost Shane and Shaq. Depth won't be as good.
2: Bradley Chubb takes a step up, though.
1: Yeah, and you <sighs> didn't get much from either of those guys last you year. You got count- nothing from Shane Ray. So You didn't count on him either. You got zero. Absolutely zero from Shane Ray. Yeah. So he can't be con- he can't uh, be included in this argument. I know his name is bigger than Dakota Watson, Jeff Holland, or Malik Reed, or Justin Hollins. His name was bigger, but pretty much all they have to do is get on the field and and take human breaths, and they've <laughs> done more than Shane Ray did last year.
2: Bradley Chubb should take a big enough step, and Von Miller as well with the system that they're in, to kind of counter losing Shaq, so it should be a push.
1: Yeah, I mean, people talk about taking a year, Defensive systems, there's a weird thing about this, where defensive systems oftentimes have more success in their first year than any other year because offenses haven't seen that with those personnel. Wade Phillips is the perfect example. You go look at Wade Phillips' first year everywhere he goes. Um, Fangio is a little different. For him, it's taken longer. We'll find out, but people are not going to have seen the looks with Von Miller that are going to be out there this year. That could be really good news for him.
2: Inside linebacker, he says push. But we still aren't good enough here in terms of covering the tight end. Justin Hollins is the the key factor here. So right now, I would actually say the push is generous.
1: Justin Hollins is is better than we assume he was. He's better than what they had. Better than Brandon Marshall,
2: who wasn't healthy. Brandon Marshall's terrible. That's where you have to weigh it. Yeah. Secondary, he says better if only if we keep Chris Harris Jr. and make him happy. If Chris is here. The secondary is leaps and bounds better.
1: Who would you rather have? Hmm. What's better, uh, Chris Harris Jr. and Bradley Roby or Bryce Callahan and why am I blanking? Cream Jackson. Cream Jackson. I kept on saying Justin Jackson.
2: That is so tough, especially because Cream Jackson is going to be playing a lot of safety in OTAs. Uh, Vic Fangio said that yesterday.
1: I look at it this way Chris was like a 90, Roby was like a 65. That adds up to 150, and I know this is very simplification. If Callahan and Jackson can just both be 80s, that gets up. That gets you up to 160. Yep, it's true. Five points higher. It's true. So, oh, you just hope that they get it with Chris, and it's just a, it's a, it's like a no contest. They're leaps and bounds better. Yep, exactly. And final one, he says,
2: oh, just close. He says, special teams push, and schedule second toughest in the league. Yikes. He says, basically see us nominally better, but with growing pains. Maybe seven wins. If Flacco blows goats and Goldilocks not ready, it's going to get messy again.
1: Okay. Um, So, again, he made a lot of fair points. Mm -hmm. But here's what I come back to. There's two in which I think there are marked improvements that you can't deny. Well, there's a few. But but this is what – and he even said – one of these is better himself. Quarterback is better. Offensive line is better. That should result in more wins. Yep. And the schedule thing is, is for the birds right now. It's, we don't know. Exactly. It could be the second toughest schedule. But last year, the Broncos were supposed to have an easy schedule, and it turned out to be really hard. Right. Let's move on here. And it was a good comment, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love and that was very thought provoking. And we want that. We we want you guys to challenge us if you disagree, because we agree too often. Exactly. From Bleeding Orange since nineteen eighty three says, Hey guys, I have to admit that I'm a bit bummed about Drew Locke's number choice. In my opinion, number three is a lame quarterback number. Every time I think of the number three out of quarterback, I think of Russell Wilson, which you guys almost forgot about until you looked it up. Or I think of a mid to late round quarterback that comes in and has to settle for number three because no one else on the team wanted it. In fact, I think that's how Russell Wilson ended up with number three himself as he was number 16 in college. I mean, let's be honest. Nobody would ever intentionally choose the number three, would they? Guess I'm wrong on that one. Uh, But if he's good, I'll sure get used to it. Keep up the great work, guys.
2: Yeah, um, I'm okay with Russell Wilson. I think he's a pretty darn good player.
1: Yeah, Russell Wilson is is a tough one to rule out. There, I don't love three on a quarterback, but I'd be willing to guess, and and I'll ask Drew Locke himself. I'm willing to guess he'll say that three was his basketball number. Mm. I bet you he'll say it was after Allen Iverson. Just I'm just guessing, or maybe it was. I don't know what, what team, what basketball team do they like in Missouri? <sighs> University of Kansas, University of Missouri. I, I don't know who uh, the pro team would be. Maybe it's Dwayne Wade. I, Could be. He's a Chicago guy. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I'd just be willing to bet he says it, it was my basketball number, and I just carried it over to football. And it's a great basketball number. I I just I like it because I think he looked good in it in Missouri, and so it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. If he was like one at Missouri and came here and got three, I'd be probably hating on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's all from him. You got the next one?
2: Right after which says, Drew Locke looks like a NASCAR driver. Three suits him quite well. I have no idea what NASCAR drivers look like. I've never watched a NASCAR race in my life. Do NASCAR drivers always have single digits? I mean, probably no, not. No, It It makes sense. I can see the single digit being a NASCAR thing. I don't know why. I don't know anything about NASCAR.
1: This would be maybe the only thing I could say about NASCAR. I'm pretty sure number three was Dale Earnhardt. The, mm-hmm. the original Dale Earnhardt. I don't think anyone's has had that number since him. But I, he doesn't look like Dale Earnhardt. It would be sweet if he grew out a mustache like that. But <laughs> I'm not hating on NASCAR. It's just not for me. I will say this. I would love to go to a race. Mm. It looks like so much fun. Oh man. It's literally get, just like a giant party with cars driving you around. You
2: bring your own beer
1: and food in. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> goes wild. Next one here is from Minnesota Paul. And I think this is in reference to um, someone who's asking who the worst sports fans are. He says, half of my company is located in Minnesota, and the other half is in Philly. Philly fans are the worst. They gloat constantly at work. It's not just about the Eagles. It's how hard they party at games. Did you watch the videos of the fan that ate horse poop off the street after they won the Super Bowl? That's definitely not a fan base I want to be a part of. Um, I, I actually disagree here. Mm. I have a unique perspective as my girlfriend is an Eagles fan. And as you know, I sort of just adopted them for fun. I was the only one who believed they were going to win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles in the (laughs) world. I believe, Um, Philly fans are actually awesome. They get a bad rap, and I understand why because they just do they do like all these attention grabbing things. Really, is what it is. They're booing you know they're booing Bryce Harper after like the second day he's on the team. They're throwing snowballs at Santa Claus, which no one will ever forget, and booing him. Um, I have I have personal experience. I've been to an Eagles game. I've partied with these people. They are so passionate about their teams. Their passion spreads across all the sports. I love that. Maybe not the Flyers as much, and, and we can attest to that here in Colorado. It's more of a, a specialized fan base. Uh, but they love the Sixers. They love the Eagles. They love the Phillies. They support them. They're very passionate. Do they go over the top sometimes? Yes. But I actually have a ton of respect for that fan base. Having experienced it in person, Twice, actually, once covering a game, once going to a game, and um, I I like them. I think they're awesome. Sounds like you don't really have a choice other than to say that. No, because <laughs> I could I could come back and say, well, you know, my girlfriend notwithstanding, their fans are annoying as heck. <laughs> uh, 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 they just have a lot of fun. They have a lot of fun, and they're super passionate. Yep. I can't yep. blame them for that. I, <laughs> like, I would much rather hate on like Miami fans because they're right. just they show up when it's good. They don't when it's done when they don't. They and, don't
2: show up when it's good. And game.
1: they pretend like they know something. Yep. That's what that's that's the ones that give me. Yep. Fans that are there, they go, they they cheer, they're passionate, maybe they boo and they're mad. Broncos fans do that. Um those fan I love those fan bases. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 they're not front runners.
2: Right. You gotta have the passion.
1: I love fan bases that were there for their team before they were good. Yeah. Because they actually understand what it's like to be a sports fan. If you just became a a Warriors fan when Steph got there and they started turning things around, like you don't know what it's like to be a sports fan. All you know is success.
2: Exactly. And Broncos are the the key to that. I mean, the longest sellout
1: streak in the NFL. Great fan base. From Chris O'Brien, he says, I finally got around to watching Drew Locke's tape. Gotta say, I have mixed feelings. His arm strength and athleticism are top notch. When he is calm and poised in the pocket, he looks stellar. Any amount of pressure freaks him out and messes up his footwork. He doesn't throw well on the run, especially when he scrambles to the left. I agree with half of that. Um, the biggest concern for me is that he caved when he played against elite SEC defenses with NFL talent. 2018, he threw one touchdown and three interceptions combined against Bama, Georgia, and Kentucky's defenses. On the other hand, I was more encouraged by his 2017 tape when he threw nine touchdowns and three interceptions against Georgia, Auburn, and Florida's defenses under a different offensive coordinator his senior bowl tape was also very encouraging as he was coached by nfl coaching and playing alongside nfl talent he he also didn't have to make up for his inferior team in the senior bowl Locke's high upside is definitely there but he's far from a sure thing what current player would you say his ceiling compares to what about his floor i think he has the upside of aaron Rodgers, but has the floor of a guy like Jameis winston Sure. I mean I, I I like those
2: upsides and people are probably gonna be screaming at me saying a potential ceiling of Aaron Rodgers. Well that's that's a ceiling. He has the physical tools, he has the mental makeup. Why why can't he be that? I can't say he, he there's no chance that he could become that. Uh and the floor, yeah, it it's lower and that's why he fell to the second round. Exactly. Um and I, I would even think the floor is higher than, than Jameis, though,
1: because he has it up top. Jameis isn't that bad of a floor, in my opinion?
2: Yeah. I mean, like, I wouldn't want play. him.
1: Right. But if that's your, if you bought him out at Jameis Winston, I think that's pretty good. I guess in terms of inconsistencies, yeah.
2: Yeah, that would make sense.
1: Here's what I just i have such a hard time with, and, and it's hard as an evaluator and it's hard as a fan or whatever you're doing. Watching Drew Locke against SEC defenses just isn't fair because of the talent around him. I'm not sure if this is 100% right. But I don't remember another Missouri offensive player going in the draft uh emmanuel hall his number one weapon undrafted uh I don't know about his uh, his running backs or his offensive line, but I'm pretty sure emmanuel Hall was the second highest graded prospect on that offense he went undrafted these s e c teams like everyone on their team gets drafted so he, he was in a he was in a really tough scenario him going up against oklahoma or uh, against alabama is just not fair uh it's 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 men playing against boys, and he's trying to carry the whole team on his back. He's going to end up doing stupid things and making mistakes. Um, As for the scrambling to the left, definitely something he has to work on. As for throwing on the run, I think he throws on the run really well to his right. He just has to work on it to his left.
2: He has to work on it to his left, and also, that's an easy thing for Rich Scangarello to not put him in that position often.
1: I have so much faith in Rich Scangarello. My faith in Rich Scangarello is is maybe too much, (laughs) but just... I just There's something about him. Yep. He he carries something that just fires me up. It just works like I'm just like this guy's gonna be a head coach very soon. He will be. Yep.
2: Especially I mean could be after this year.
1: Alright, let's take another break here, and when we come back, we will finish the rest of the questions on the BSN Broncos Podcast. What's up, guys? Ryan Koenigsberg here, and I gotta tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, It's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver, seemingly every year from westward anyone else that's voting it's the place to be Uh, they've got great specials and the food is out of this world i recommend the nachos the green chili fries uh, the buffalo chicken wrap you name it they've got it and the location is perfect just two blocks north of course field and they have parking so go check out the blake street Tavern. final segment here bsn broncos podcast rk and zach broncos back get to the rest of the questions
2: next one coming in from Aaron the OG MVP he says hey I know you didn't mean to pass over my second question on Thursday's pod about returners so here it is again is (laughs) is there anyone on the roster that we should look forward to in the return game I know Hamilton did some punt returns and I don't think Lindsay will be a returner Booker Booker doesn't excite me and I would have liked to see Langley do something on kick returns if he if he is in one of those spots so is there anything to be excited for in the return game should we just be happy with possessing the ball?" angry face Isaiah McKenzie. Yesterday, uh, Tom McMahon was asked, who are the returners? He said, everyone's in play. And Dalton Reisner, kick and, returner. Oh, deadly. And he said that the two areas that he was very disappointed in his special teams were was punt return and kick return. So he wants an
1: improvement. I mean, he was so hard on himself. Uh, your answers are Devontae Booker, Brendan Langley, or here's the big or one of these little guys, uh, who came in as an undrafted free agent. If Trinity Benson, who surprised me with his size, he's solid six foot. I agree. Uh, for a speedster, that's not bad at all. Especially from a small school, you've got Kelvin McKnight. Um, there's a bunch of these little guys who could maybe show enough as a receiver and a lot as a returner and make the team in that regard. Exactly. I mean, you pointed it to it. Trinity Benson, Kelvin McKnight, Make the team as a returner, guys. I think there's a couple other guys. I'm just forgetting their names. Won't happen for long. Uh, from Polish Filipino. Hey, fellas. I've had, a, I've had to do a lot of Elway defending to my friends over the past year. He definitely deserves some criticism, but I truly believe he's done a lot more good than bad in his time as the Broncos GM, and I'll continue to defend him. If you're familiar with other GMs around the league, I'd be interested in hearing you discuss other, how other GMs have done in the same period that Elway has been in his current position. Can only think of three or four that you can argue have been better than Elway.
2: Well, Polish Filipino, um, last year at at a point in the season, I I don't remember if it was to week seventeen. That's why I don't want to say through the end of last year under John Elway's tenure, the Broncos were second or third, still in like every major category of wins, win percentage, playoff appearances, division titles, even after the atrocious two years that they had and the disappointing year after the Super Bowl. They were still that good. The one team that was above them in every single category was the New England Patriots. Uh, I think he may have had the Chiefs sprinkled in here or there, uh, and there may have been one or two teams, but the Broncos were top five in everything still. So, you know, without diving into specific GMs, that just shows you that you're 100% right. And if you were to tell a Broncos fan, okay, in a seven-year period you get, or eight years, whatever it is, you get a Super Bowl, two Super Bowl appearances. Five division titles. Five division titles. Oh, and however you want to do it, sprinkle in two losing seasons and a 9-7 and season where you lose or where you don't make the playoffs. You are unrealistic, crazy, and... uh, yeah, both of those, if you say you're not going to take that.
1: If you don't take that, you can't enjoy sports. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just a miserable experience for you all the way through because no teams put up runs like that consistently. Exactly. Um, here's what. Here's the thing, Polish-Filipino, don't waste your time. People who don't like LA are just going to say, well, if you take away Peyton Manning, X, Y, and Z. People who do like LA are going to say, you can't take away Peyton Manning, that's his greatest achievement. And you'll just go back and forth forever. And nothing will ever get solved. Drew Locke has the, the, uh, the opportunity to alter all of that. Mm-hmm. All right, from Tokyo Bronco. I woke up early this morning. It's Saturday here, and I was lucky enough to catch the post-minicamp interviews live on the Broncos stream app. It put the biggest smile on my face hearing our BSN team, Zach and Ryan, asking great questions. Mm. Not only that, but you two are right up in front making sure they learn your faces. If you're listening right now and don't have a subscription, I want to take the time now to say that Zach and Ryan's dedication to reporting in-depth information day-to-day about the team is well worth supporting. After watching the live stream and hearing and seeing you two, I'm very proud to be a part of the BSN family. Man,
2: that is so cool. You're giving me feels, man. That is so cool, Tokyo Bronco.
1: I love that you guys um, can hear us. Like, if yeah. we didn't do this podcast every day, they wouldn't know it was right? us. Yeah. Um, I also was warned the other day that there's a, that they just keep that thing rolling <laughs> in between the interviews. So you got to be careful what you say when you're standing right up next to that mic.
2: Maybe Tokyo Bronco can inform us of what we said.
1: <laughs> I didn't say anything. I was just I was just warned. Just so you know, you know, thousands of people can hear you right now next to that mic. Uh, anyways, he says, my question is this. The one thing I keep coming back to in regards to Drew Locke is that he wasn't chosen by the Patriots at 32, and I even thought the Eagles could have made a run at him with number 22 in an effort to get a better backup option to Wentz in case he got hurt. Why do you think these teams passed up on him in the first round? Furthermore, why did the Raiders do that weird pick trade dance in the second round instead of taking Locke? Wasn't Gruden his coach at the Senior Bowl? And if I'm not mistaken, he said good things about Locke. Still love the pick, and I'm excited that Locke was able to join the Broncos. Just curious, I guess. Go Broncos and go Zach and Ryan
2: <laughs> and go Tokyo Bronco. In terms of the Raiders, Ryan, does anyone know what they were doing all of the draft? Does
1: anyone know what they're doing ever?
2: No, I mean I. So I don't know how to justify that. It blows my mind, baffles me.
1: I think they're waiting to get their guy right before they move to Vegas, so they can't be so that the shine can't wear off before they get there. Mm, they don't and, want a Josh Rosen situation. Right, exactly.
2: The Eagles doesn't make sense to use a first round pick on a backup. You you can't do that when when you're that
1: team. I would have bet thousands of dollars on the the Eagles not uh picking up Drew Locke. In the Patriots? By the way. Stop counting on my guy Wentz.
2: <laughs> He's a star. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> Eagles fan over here. Uh in the Patriots I know they drafted Jimmy But What? That was in the 3rd round. It doesn't make sense they're in win now mode. It doesn't make sense for them to to do that and I think Bill's telling you that he believes Tom's going to play long enough that they're just both going to hang him up at the same time. So why would Bill hurt himself by getting a guy that's not going to play until he's gone?
1: And I also think they just identified Stidham and said, that's our guy. Yep. Uh, we're going to get him. He's going to be the next Jimmy G. All right, next one here is from Chris O'Brien again. He says, I'm not sure how many of us in the BSN community are four-sport Denver fans, but for those of us that are, BSN is the bomb. I pay essentially eight seventy-five per year per team or $0.73 per month per team. You just can't beat it. We can't uh, agree with that more. Even if you're a one-team fan, it's still a good deal. Yep. And that, by the way, I think I've mentioned this before. That's the way we set the price. Uh, Brandon and I went back and forth on this a lot, where we were going to set the price mm-hmm. on these subscriptions. And I said, if there's one thing we've learned during our time at BSN is that there are a lot of people that only are a fan of one team, which I never knew that before I started working here. I just thought everyone liked all the teams. Mm-hmm. It's not true. A lot of people only like the Avalanche. A lot of people only like the Broncos. And so I said, we need to make sure that we're thinking of that fan. If you're a fan of two teams, that's, you just get a bonus by being a, by being a BSN subscriber. You're getting a better deal, really, than the fans that are uh, only a fan of one team. But we did set the price with the idea of, if you only like one team, this is still a very good price for you. Yeah, I totally agree. You hit it on the head. He said, RK, your tweet about the four Denver superstars got me thinking. Did you see this? I did not. Oh, I regretted it. (laughs) I tweeted out one got to go and it just made a poll option of Vaughn, Nolan, (laughs) Jokic, and McKinnon. Oh, wow. I couldn't believe the amount of hate I got for this. (laughs) Like, it wasn't true. One doesn't actually have to go. I don't know if people knew that, but people were like really mad at me for asking that question.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm shocked you put that out there. What was the answer?
1: I should have known this. The one that won was McKinnon. It's just because hockey has the most specialized fan base. There's less – fan. like, I bet you if you pulled this, if you're Broncos fan number one, who is your second favorite team? I bet you the Avs would end up being in last. I would agree. Now, that does not mean that the Avs don't have a lot of fans. Uh, The Avs have my second favorite fan base in Colorado, honestly. But it's just a specialized group. It's like we love hockey. There's a lot less – crossover fans between the other sports and hockey i don't know why hockey's an amazing sport everyone should love it but that's why mckinnon won it's there was no right answer and then i was like pissed that i even asked <laughs> it because i was like mckinnon shouldn't have won this uh, 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 and then i was like wait who should have uh-huh. won i had so many broncos fans that von miller was never going to lead it all right. the people that brought logic to the conversation almost all of them used Vaughn. like if they were like defending their pick they're saying like Vaughn right. already reached the mountaintop he's the oldest of the group Etcetera, etcetera, etcetera. Like we already got the best out of him. Yep. But because it was Broncos fans, he wasn't gonna win. He actually got second though, which is mm, kinda surprising yeah, to me. Yeah, that is. Um, I don't I did not expect it. Jokic last place by a long shot. Wow. He got like twelve percent. Wow. Crazy. I did I didn't expect I that didn't either. either. Anyways, no. couldn't believe the hate I got for it. it <laughs> just a fu- I, I thought it was a thought experiment. It's not fun, Ryan. It wasn't fun. It's not but a it, fun thought But experiment. it was a thought provoking <laughs> experiment. <laughs> Anyways, he says, we need a podcast with Brandon Spano and a representative from each of the sports to talk about the state of Denver sports. Maybe a debate on who will bring the next championship home to Denver. What do you guys think? That'd be mm, fun. Yeah, it does sound fun. Brandon really.
2: leading the way. It'd be really fun.
1: All right. Next one here is from Bronco Biker. He says, Bronco Biker 5280. Sorry. He says, hey, boys. Boys. Hey, boys. <laughs> Long time. First time. First off, thank you so much for the military subscription. When I got the email, I squealed in an incredibly manly way. Certainly did not bounce around like an excited puppy. When my daughter asked me what was going on, I exclaimed that it was finally worth getting shot at all those times. This is a joke, kind of. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you for your service. You're, yeah, thank the you least so much. we can do is give you a free subscription.
2: And also, thank you for your excitement and telling us about it. That's awesome. It's yeah. so cool.
1: And if you are um, an active duty military member or a veteran, you should know that we give free subscriptions uh, at BSN to all of them. Just go on to bsndever.com. Subscription, military subscription, fill out the form. Usually we get it done pretty fast. If it doesn't get done pretty fast, just email someone or DM someone and, and we'll get it taken care of. Okay. He goes on. Second, Shannon Sharp was actually a notorious clean eater when he was playing. I think that's the point we were making, right?
2: Yeah, I said Shannon and someone else, and I think you you hemmed and oh, you hawed. Said, you said uh, Jerry Rice and Shannon Sharp. Okay, yeah, and maybe you're hemming and hawing about Jerry.
1: I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I am not surprised to find out that Shannon Sharp, who was a literal rock just moving around <laughs> with legs and arms. Only ate rocks. Yes. Says third, I must apologize in advance. I'm always third-string quarterback guy, and it annoys me as much as you. Uh, I really don't like that.
2: But by the way, Brett Ripon looks like he's 14 years old, coming from a guy that looks like he's 15 years old.
1: Uh, I think Brett looks a little older. Than me. <laughs> he says lastly, I hope to meet as many as the new BSN family at the draft slash BSN open as possible. Listening to Zach and Ryan for the last year plus has been wonderful. But the cream cheese frosting on top of this information cake has been getting to know other listeners through their comments. By the way, cream cheese frosting is the only good frosting. (laughs) He says, um, much love... Loyalty and respect. Uh, I <laughs> guess uh, pretty good <laughs> from your Western Slope BSN brother, Bronco Biker. Man,
2: Bronco Biker, excellent comment. We're so happy to have you on board.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, and and I hope to meet as many of you that I haven't already as possible as well. Yes, a
2: hundred percent. Next one coming in from Morsi zero zero four. A buzzer beater? No, we got two more. Another right, buzzer, right, beater, right, buzzer right. beater. He says, "Hey guys, just got my way too early birthday gift from my girlfriend." Two tickets to see the Broncos versus Vikings in Minneapolis. Feeling the good vibe since the last Broncos game I was at was Super Bowl 50, and that one worked out pretty good for us. Will you guys be making the trip? Hopefully I can find some other Broncos fans to meet up with. Thanks for the great coverage. That's some good planning ahead by your girlfriend.
1: That's awesome. Uh, as always, one of us will definitely be there. Um, bringing the coverage from Minnesota. Hopefully it's not as cold as I expect it to be. <laughs> Hopefully they get a heat wave that week.
2: Is that November? Mm, yeah no heat
1: waves coming no heat waves coming big heat wave. (laughs) at least it's indoors if we can get snow in may in colorado we should be able to get warmth in minnesota in november
2: but you'll just never go outside that'll be the good thing
1: i think they have the skywalk thing there that they do they do yeah hell yeah
2: (laughs) and last one coming in from bleed orange and blue he says can you guys get a video of zach playing golf or hitting a ball at the driving range Sure. It'd be impressive. That's all I can say.
1: We have plenty of me if you want to see that.
2: (laughs) He says, I like Locke's attitude, but I don't want to be all in yet. I have Paxton Lynch PTSD.
1: (sighs) You're not alone. A lot of people have that, but I'm not. Just stop.
2: Yeah. And that's, I mean, I said it earlier. I addressed this without even knowing the question was coming was so, so different. If Drew Locke fails, and I'll touch wood, or Ryan will touch wood for me. If Drew Lock fails, it's going to be 100% for a
1: different reason than Paxton. Could not agree more. Um, before we get out of here, I want to tell you guys about LiveWell Enlightened Health. LiveWell is your go-to dispensary for the best deals on the highest quality cannabis products. Members of LiveWell's free rewards program have access to $30 pre-weigh half ounces and $60 pre-weigh ounces every single day. LiveWell has 16 locations across Colorado from the Four Corners all the way up to Fort Collins with six locations in the Denver area. Visit livewell.com slash BSN for all of the most up-to-date sales and promotion. That's LiveWell, spelled L-I-V-W-E-L-L dot com slash BSN. Last thing here, Zach, what are you most interested in today? Just give it to me quick. QBs. Absolutely, QBs. <laughs> we'll have our eyes locked in, and make sure you're locked in on BSNDenver.com after practice to find out what we learned. If you haven't subscribed should probably do it right now to find out how things go down at the first open practice of 2019. Uh, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the BSN Broncos podcast. Exactly